Camcast. I promised you guys at the beginning of this week that I would try to get at least three podcast episodes out this week. So this is number two. And then most likely we're going to get number three tomorrow after I watch uh, the new Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode five. We'll probably get another episode then. Um, but not nah, today is going to be a fun episode. It's going to be one that's been at the probably the top of my list for a while now. It's something that I talk about a lot uh, with you know with friends, with family. It's just a movie that I highly recommend. It's not a great movie. But it's a movie that I, I catch myself watching over and over and over again, especially now that it's on Netflix and it's more you know easily available to just click a couple buttons and it starts playing. I play it almost every other night. The other movie being Chef, which I play a lot, which I do plan on doing a podcast episode on at some point. Um, but the movie we're going to be talking about is uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Um, it's a great movie. I know that I have a lot of other things that I've been wanting to talk about. And uh, I know that I really got to get on that Marvel talk because I've been it hasn't been since November is the last time I did a Marvel talk episode. Um, the problem with that is I remember I watched Iron Man three I think it was like a month ago and I was like man this movie's bad. And I don't want to. It, it's it knowing that I have so many different podcast episodes and you know videos that I need to shoot. I don't want to you know I I want to put that a little bit on the back burner and I want to do some things I actually enjoy talking about and I mean. I don't want to, you know, put poo on a movie and do it the entire time because I think it's kind of boring. And I think you guys would rather, you know, hear me give out some positive thoughts and recommend some movies maybe you haven't had a chance to check out yet. So that's why I'm going to, you know, I'm going to talk about Crazy Stupid Love. But as always, you guys, before we get into it, I want to make sure that you guys are subscribing and you guys are liking and you guys are following on the Instagram. That's at cam.cast. And I'm going to always spell it out at K-A-M.K-A-S-T. That's Camcast. Um, right now we have a giveaway going on where I'm giving away some of my stickers. Uh, so far today, I, I was actually able to mail out eight different envelopes with a bunch of stickers in them because people reached out. No strings attached. Give me your mailing. Sorry, my eyes itchy. No strings attached. Give me your mailing address. I'll mail those out as soon as I possibly can. I even bought fucking stamps, you guys. I bought stamps. Um, so, I mean, I didn't know they, you know, it's been a while since I've purchased any type of stamps. So, it's kind of... It's fun, but it's. I, I want to get the word out there. I want to make sure that you guys are subscribing, make sure that you're liking, make sure that you're sharing on all the different platforms that you can share on. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and comment below always. Um, check out the rest of the channel. There are a bunch, there's a bunch of videos up there now. There should be about 20 to 25 different videos up there now from everything that I've been able to get on YouTube. I know my first 18 or so episodes of the Camcast were not uh, recorded with... Uh, with video, they were all audio, so those are those are always going to be available on the Spotify, the Apple Podcasts, and you know wherever else you're able to listen to podcasts. Um, but yeah, I mean that's I think that's all the housekeeping things I really wanted to talk about. So let's go ahead and get into the movie talk for Crazy Stupid Love, guys. All right, let's go. It has been a while since I've done any type of movie review that doesn't involve superheroes, people flying around, trying to save people. Um, today we're just going to get a little bit of, you know, some romantic comedy stuff. Some, you know, just a feel-good movie, uh, you know, for the most part. Just a casual watch, a nice, you know, nice little movie that, that I like to watch all the time. Because <clears throat> it's always on Netflix now, I get to watch it pretty frequently, so, and it's one of my favorite movies. And of course, if you missed the intro, it's Crazy Stupid Love from 2011. This movie's just, I don't know, there's something about it, it's, I love how clean it is all the way up until a certain point, the plot just moves, you know, 
it's just it's a really good time and it's kind of in that guise of these romantic comedy movies that are geared a little bit more towards men it's like movies like this movies like hitch movies like 500 days of summer it's kind of like its own niche genre which i've always kind of really enjoyed i mean you know i did the uh previous camcast episode was one of my first ones on hitch i think it was like i was so five six seven eight one in there you know somewhere in there but i love i really enjoy a good romantic comedy and especially one that's geared a little bit towards you know the fellas it's just it, it rings true you can understand it a little bit more it's not like i'm watching the knights of rodanthe or i'm not watching you know like a nicholas spar i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna watch those i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna sit here and say that i'm gonna actively participate in that but you give me a good movie about a guy trying to help somebody improve themselves after something horrible happens in their life and you know have that guy just happen to be Ryan Gosling who's one of the most charismatic people we've ever seen on screen ever especially in this movie he's just he's amazing right he's just I mean we'll talk about it I gotta I'm I'm as straight as an arrow but Ryan Gosling's a handsome man right that is just a really suave good looking man um I think I talked about him in the remember the Titans podcast which was number three I think where um, I think I, I, I think I talked about him in that one too, how he's just one of my man crushes. Just a handsome guy. He just seems like he'd be a cool dude to hang out with. But uh, yeah, crazy stupid love, you guys. So this movie came out in 2011. It's almost at its 10-year anniversary, which is just crazy because I mean like even, you know, this year, is this is the year of my 10-year high school, you know, reunion, which won't happen probably, which is fine because I don't really want to go back anyways. But uh, I've just, it's it's been 10 years since 2011 and to me it's kind of crazy because this movie still kind of feels fresh. It still kind of feels new. But there are aspects of it that definitely feel dated, definitely feel, um, you know, old. And we'll get into those. Um, we'll get them in great detail. So if you haven't watched the Camcast before and you're not very familiar with how I do my movie talk episodes, the movie talk episodes, the first part is always me breaking down how I feel about the movie, some of the plot, and I give you like my overall feel. You're going to get exactly how I feel about it. The second half is when I break down and I have my categories, okay? I got a couple different categories. Um, I have seven different categories, and I give a winner for each of the categories. The categories include, I'm going to read off of the thing, it's, it's Best Scene, it's the Mui Mall Award, which is something in the movie that I think is just bad, and it kind of drags down the movie a little bit. Like in the past, I gave it to uh, Daniel LaRusso's mom and the Karate Kid, and there's a couple other things that I gave it to. But so there's a couple, there's quite a few things in this movie that I didn't really like, and I don't think aged well, especially... You know, in this new uh, this new era that we live in, which is 2021, um, we have number three is the greatest heat check in the movie. It's just a character that's not in the movie that often, but when you look back and you think about the movie, that character is somebody that um, really stands out for a brief moment, and you remember that exact moment when they did that thing on screen, which kind of made them steal the show for a little bit of the movie. And I, that was originally the steal the show award, but I've switched it a couple times. Number four is recasting couch. Um, which I kind of stole from the rewatchables, which is a Bill Simmons podcast on the ringer. It just was too good to not, you know, use basically it's, I take somebody in the film and I recast them with an actor or actress from that time. So this will be 2011 that I think would have played that role a little bit better. I got a couple of those that we'll be able to talk about, uh, five is best quote. Just talking about a few of the quotes that really stuck with me and, you know, I'll talk and then I'll, I'll pick my favorite. Six is facts on the production, which is, you know, maybe some little tidbits behind the scenes that you guys don't really know about. And seven, of course, is who won the movie. When you look back and you think about a movie, who was the actor, who was the player, who was the person in the film that makes you want to go back and watch it again? You know, for instance, like uh, 
in Inglorious Bastards, the the person who won the movie is Christoph Waltz, right? In uh, there, there's just examples of that throughout. You think of a movie where, you know, in in uh, in Hitch, it's Hitch. You know, it's just it has to be the person that carries the movie, or it could even be the director. The director having you know just being way better at you know that than anybody else. So, but we'll get into that in the second half. First half, it's a good movie. Okay. Now that this thing is on Netflix and I've watched it a bunch of times, I know this movie pretty well. I know it inside and out. I can, you know, I'm almost to the point where I can quote it as the movie's going on, so it's really cool. But I like this movie because of the pacing in the first half, right? Movie starts off and Cal Weaver, which is played by Steve Gr- Oh, let me go through the people who play in this thing. So this thing is directed by Glenn Ficarra and John Recu, and they're actually going to be directing the new Jungle Cruise, which comes out uh, later this year or early next year. I'm not sure which one. And apparently they're directing a Harley Quinn and Joker movie also. And then the writer of this film, which I didn't find out until I, you know, I did a little bit of research, is Dan Fogelman. Dan Fogelman is responsible for one of my favorite TV shows going the last four years. And that is, of course, NBC's This Is Us. So that guy's been responsible for me crying quite a bit while watching that sappy show. So uh, I didn't know that. So it, it actually kind of makes sense that the, the writing in this, in this movie is, is very smart. And the way they weave a certain storyline, uh, a few storylines together... Is, is not your what you would normally get from a romantic comedy. And I respect that. Now I know who the writer is and I understand how he took this and went on to you know write for This Is Us. So the main players, obviously, you got Steve Carell, you have Julianne Moore, you have Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, John Carroll Lynch, who plays uh, one of the brothers in The Founder. You know, he's not uh, Ron Swanson, he's the other one. He also plays the, the killer in Zodiac, the unofficial killer that Jake Gyllenhaal sees at the end of the movie. Uh, he's a great character actor. He's been in a lot of different things. Um, so I'm a big fan of his. And then you have Marissa Tomei, who has a brief role. Uh, I think everybody loves Marissa Tomei. That's what, hot Aunt, Aunt May? So uh, it's uh, Marissa Tomei is what the uh, people my age are calling her nowadays. And then, uh, of course, Kevin Bacon. You know, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon is well and alive in this movie. Everyone has one, de- uh, one degree of Kevin Bacon in, uh, in this movie, so it's kind of fun. But, you know, as I was saying before, movie starts off. Steve Carell, Julianne Moore, they're married. They're in a restaurant. Julianne Moore's character says she wants a divorce, and then, you know, everything happens after that. Cal, he moves out of the house, <clears throat> starts drinking at this bar, and the entire, for like, it seems like two or three days, he keeps going, and he, he keeps saying, my wife is having an affair, or he's like, my wife is having sex with somebody who isn't me. You know which word isn't used very often? Cuckold. David Lithogen made a cuckold out of me. He made a cuckold out of me. And then it's just... It, that was kind of funny. That that version of Steve Carell felt very much like the forty-year-old virgin version. Of, virgin version. That's a tongue twister of Steve Carell, where he's just kind of you know being being a little goofy, being a little funny. And then that's when he meets Ryan Gosling's uh, Jacob Palmer in the bar. Jacob Palmer basically tells him, you know, I feel bad for you. We're gonna help you rediscover your manhood. And then basically, you got part of this movie is. Uh, you know, Ryan Gosling's character teaching, it's a good 20 minute montage teaching uh, Steve Carell's character, Cal Weaver, how to become a man again, how to get over his, his, his separation from his wife, how to overcome that, how to find his confidence again, how to just move on with his life. And that's really what it is. It wasn't the objective of him, of, of Jacob uh, for Cal was not for him to just become a womanizer. That was not the goal, right? The goal was for Jacob to teach Cal how to just live again. You know, after he tells him a story that, you know, he's been with the same woman since he was 17, you know, when they were in high school and 
He's the only woman he's ever been with. You know, you can tell that, you know, Ryan Gosling's character, Jacob Palmer, feels bad for him, wants to just help him move along. And you don't find out till later in the movie that the reason he does that is, and you don't really, it's not really said, but I've seen this movie so many times. Cal Weaver, uh, no, Jacob is reminded of Cal Weaver through his dad. Basically, there's that scene at the very end when you see Emma Stone and um, Ryan Gosling are together and he finally tells somebody something really personal about him and he says that his dad was a sweet man, very unassuming, you know, very kind. And after watching it a few times, I really think that Jacob thought that highly of Cal. He thought he was a good man. He thought he was a, you know, a good human being, a good person, and he wanted to I guess right the wrongs that his his mom did to his dad at that time. And I think that's one thing that doesn't go, you know, mentioned that often in this movie is the things that they were able to do with those two characters together. And I think it is, it's really beautiful. Because it really does seem like, you know, that relationship between Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell, it's it's really organic. They really do feel like they're good friends, you know, after everything that they've been through. You know, basically Ryan Gosling taking Steve Carell under his wing. And you really feel that. Um, and, you know, things go on. And you see the other side of it too. Uh, Cal's ex-wife, Julianne Moore. She's kind of dealing with it. She has the kids, and they have that weird son that they have, their middle child. <clears throat> I'm just not a fan of his, and I'll get into him more in the categories. But uh, that's probably the weakest part of the movie is any time that that kid is on screen. Um, but, I, I again, I'll talk more about it. But I think the reason why this movie works is, for, for me, why it works for me is I love watching a movie in which somebody betters themselves, where they become a better person, where they grow, where they build something. That's the reason why I love the social network so much is because the entire movie is building. That's why I love Hitch because Albert Brenneman is being built into, he's not being built, he's, he, he's growing as a person and he's becoming more confident. I love movies like that. I love when the main character or side characters are able to you know, break out of the stigma that is their, their normalness and kind of go into a realm that's a little bit more uncomfortable for them and become, you know, a better, more confident version of themselves. I love when movies are able to pull this off correctly and pull, you know, just do it. Because it just, it's it's fun. That's what you really want to see. You want to see people succeed. That's why I love watching this movie and Chef so often because it literally is, you know, uh, two easy watches, two very simple movie watches where they're not, there's not a lot of, not a lot going on. There's not a lot behind the scenes that you really got to take in, uh, take into account for. You can just kind of blindly watch this movie, turn turn your mind off, and enjoy what's on screen, and enjoy the fact that uh, that these guys are just becoming better human beings. You know, I mean, you could argue the fact that maybe Cal is becoming less of a human being because he becomes a womanizer, but you can also say he's trying to get over the fact that his wife cheated on him. His wife cheated on him. And I think that's one part of the movie that I don't like. The movie seems to give Julianne Moore's character a free pass, right? They want us to feel bad for her when she find out, finds out that Cal slept with nine other women, including their son's English teacher. Um, they want us to feel bad for her, but she cheated on him. And he says it in the movie, he's like, I wasn't trying to win. I was trying to move on. And... I'm sure he learned after he did sleep with those women that that wasn't the way for him to move on and he still loved his wife, you know, because they were just separated. They weren't divorced. Um, but that's the thing that I really do have a problem with this movie. Every time you watch it, they 
they show it in such a way that they want us to feel bad for the mom and the you know the wife. And I, I never feel bad for her. She cheated. She cheated with a coworker, you know, David Linhagen, which I say a ton of times in this movie. Um, her coworker, and it's that's unforgivable. You you cheated. You've been married for you know over twenty five years, and you cheated with somebody that you see every single day at the office. That's, I mean, it's not great. Yeah, I'm sure Steve Carell's character could have done a lot more to spice up the marriage, make things better, but that does not give anybody the right to cheat just because you're you're not you're not spicing things up. But I don't know. That's just that's just how I look at the world. But I'm a little bit different. Um, then the weird the the weird plot that I don't really care for at all is Robbie the son. So Robbie's in eighth grade and he has a crush on his babysitter who has a crush on Steve Carell's character, and it's just uncomfortable. The kid's uncomfortable. He, she kept the babysitter walks in when he's, uh, when he's masturbating and he basically, he says, I'm sorry to her to which then he continues to say like, um, you know, I, I want you to know, I think about you when I do it. And it's like, you, why would you? And, but the girl says to, you know, stop, I don't want to hear it, but he keeps going that there's no way that would fly in 2021. It was creepy for 2011. Like I, I don't even think it was funny because the kid is weird looking he looks like a, a future serial killer. What's his name? His name is Jonah Bobo. I mean, that's basically what he is. He's a fucking Bobo. He's got that long, you know, bowl cutish hair, those squinty eyes, the freckles, the really pasty skin. I'm not a fan of that kid. Um, I, he always has dragged down the movie for me, especially because he never really went on to do anything else. You know, he never went on to do literally anything else. So, um, that's that's one of the biggest problems in the movie. And then the other big problem that I have. Uh, is the ending scene where he Jonah Bobo, the son, Robbie Weaver, he gives a speech at the eighth grade commencement, and then uh, Cal walks up, and, you know, basically stops his speech, gives his own speech about love, and I thought that that was really corny. Like that's the worst part of the movie for me. They, I wish they would have found a better way to end the film. I think that that five to ten minute speech is so cringe, and it's like it's not good. There's nothing good about it. I just wish they would have ended it better. And that's always been my gripe with the movie. I typically turn it off right after they have that altercation in the backyard. That's where the height of the movie is. After that, it kind of, it just lay, it's flat, you know? It's not exciting after that. It's not even good after that. That speech for the eighth grade commencement is just not good. I don't enjoy it. But we'll, we'll get more into that. Um, I think I've talked about all the main parts, except for Emma Stone's good in the movie. She's very minimal. Uh, the chemistry she has with Ryan Gosling is just off the charts, right? I mean, we saw them here. It was the first time. And then, of course, they did another movie together, La La Land, which is one of my favorites. And that movie is amazing. I watched it in the last, I think, month or so. Uh, just as a rewatch. I haven't seen it in a while. And I absolutely love that movie. But their chemistry was started in this uh, in this film. They're great on screen together. They really are. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and jump into the categories right now. Let's follow me. Let's go. All right, we got the categories. I kind of described the categories a little bit in the first half, so we're going to do them now. Number one, best scene. Okay, I got three options for this one. It's kind of all this movie has. There's three really good scenes. First good scene is basically the 15 to 20 minute montage of Steve Carell teaching, uh, excuse me, uh, Ryan Gosling teaching Steve Carell how to be a man and how to dress correctly. And, you know, how to how to approach women and how to talk to women and all that stuff. It's a great scene. It's a fantastic scene. I watch it. I, whenever it's on, even if it's on TNT, if it's on TBS, 
I stop and I watch it and I enjoy every single second of it. It's everything that's in it. It's a lot of the jabs that, that uh, Ryan Gosling gives to Steve Carell. A lot of the one-liners that are fantastic. It's the, when he's sitting there when he first meets him, he's like, what are you doing? Get that straw out of your mouth. It looks like you're drinking out of a tiny schwanz. And uh, he's like, is that what you want? You know, it's just, it's stuff like that. It's a uh, cow, be better than the gap. Be better than the gap. And then he slaps him in the face. Like it's all the lines and all the little jobs. Like, are you Steve Jobs? What? Are, are you a frater- Are you in a fraternity? He's like, what? Who? He, you know, obviously he's referring to uh, Steve Carell's 507s, his new balances, and he's making fun of him. Um, it's everything in that scene is just fun. It's quick. It's fast paced. It's it's moving. It's it's just enjoyable, right? You see, there's just so much going on, and Steve Carell's just against it the entire time. But for whatever reason, he's still on board. You know, with this complete stranger that he has no idea who this guy is, but. He's he's on board, and as an audience, and you know, as a person in the audience watching this, you know, the scene take place, it's a blast, and I love it, and um, I think it really is one of my favorite scenes where you, it's a, my one of my favorite montages in movies where, you know, a person really is becoming, you know, from a schmo to a Joe, you know, it's one of those things. So it's I I love the scene. The next good scene is the asshole scene. Uh, it's when uh, they have parent-teacher conference and Mr. and Mrs. Weaver, they go and uh, have a conference with Robbie's English teacher, his eighth grade English teacher, played by Marissa Tomei. And, uh, you know, obviously Steve Carell's uh, Cal Weaver character is just scared because she was the first person that he wound up sleeping with during his uh, his sleeping with uh, women montage. And obviously the wife doesn't know. And the whole time, uh, Marissa Tomei's character is just being above and beyond the entire time. Uh, so what Mrs. Weaver's like, so I'm, I'm kind of confused. Where did you guys meet? And then she goes, huh, I will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let your husband uh, say that. And then uh, Cal Weaver's just like, um, I think we met at last year's parent-teacher conference. And she just goes, ha, ha. And then she goes, she goes on the board and she writes asshole <laughs> somebody what, what did she say she says uh 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 some, something along the lines of when you go downtown on somebody for 30 minutes because he's nervous and and then uh mrs lever goes ew and it's it's a good scene and then it keeps going and it finishes off with tell her that she's the perfect combination of sexy and cute asshole it's just the way she says asshole in that entire scene is amazing especially because <laughs> You know, Robbie Weaver got in trouble earlier in the movie for saying the word asshole in her class. So I thought it was a great scene. It was really funny. It was kind of, it was unexpected when you watch it the first time. And I I loved it. The next good scene for me is the David Lindhagen scene. It's a scene where Cal goes back home. He tries to win his wife over with mini golf. Um, Then Cal learns that his daughter, you know, uh, uh, Hannah, which is played by Emma Stone, is dating Jacob and they had no idea that, you know, he had no, Jacob had no idea that Cal was her dad and he's against it at the start. And at that same time, the babysitter, Jessica, her dad finds out that she has naked pictures that she's going to give to Cal. And so he, the dad, which is, you know, the the Zodiac killer, which I can't, you know, I don't want to get his name wrong or whatever, but he goes over there and he's going to beat him up. And all this is happening at the same time. They're fighting. And all of a sudden Kevin Bacon's David Lindhagen comes through and he's like, hey, hey, uh, you, you left your, uh, hey, Emily, you left your sweater in my car last night. And then, uh, what does he, what does he say? He's like, uh, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm David Lenhagen. And then uh, Ryan Gosling's like, 
David Lindhagen. He starts taking off his rings, punches him in the face. He's like, do you know how much pain and suffering you caused my friend here? And then it's just... The scene was really fun. And then after that, the movie's kind of... It's done, right? Like, after that, that was, like, the, the funnest part of the movie or the most fun part of the movie. And then you had that speech that I talked about earlier, which is garbage. And that was it. The reason why... So, I'm going to give my winner. The, the best scene for me is the montage of Steve Carell becoming this, you know, this this debonair, this this uh, this ladies' man. I, I love that scene. I think it's really fun to watch. Um, it's just a scene where just somebody's just becoming the best version of themselves, more more confident and all that. I, I really love it. So that's my favorite scene. The Mui Mall Award, okay? The Mui Mall Award can go to a couple of different things. That last scene, which I've already talked about in depth, that's on the Mui Mall Award uh, nominations, okay? It's a horrible scene. It's a bad way to end the movie. I don't like it. Number three, uh, Jessica sending an adult naked photos of herself. In this movie, she is a teenager, okay? We have to assume she's 16 to 17 years old. Most likely 17. She takes naked po- uh, photos. She's going to give them to an adult. That's There's nothing good about that. And it's it's, it's just weird, right? It's just really strange. Um, so it's that that's that's Mui Mall. That's bad. Um, the movie trying to make us feel bad for Mrs. Weaver when she finds out that Cal slept with nine women. I don't like that. She cheated first, okay? Obviously, two wrongs don't make a right, but he wasn't doing things to get back at her. He was he says it, and I believe him in the movie. You know the character. He says he was just trying to move on, okay. And I really do believe he was trying to move on. So shame on the movie for trying to make us feel bad for this cheating woman. You know who who I'm not feeling bad for her. I I don't like her. You can go fuck off. That's all I gotta say about that. But uh, <laughs> and of course, this is my winner for the movie Mall Award. It's the sun. It's the sun. Um, the sun is just bad. The son is so bad. Jonah Bobo is his name. I don't think he's been in literally. I mean, let me go ahead and look on the the IMDb real quick. You know, some some really half-assed internet research here. Um, he has been in literally nothing since 2014. That was his only big uh, role. Was in Crazy Stupid Love. He was in looks like the Backyardigans. You know, a couple. He was in Zathura. So I'm just the, there's a reason why he wasn't cast ever again he's just not good he's not a good actor he looks strange he does for they gave him so much you know stuff to do in this movie there's so much of him on screen i really wish they would have gotten a better you know kid actor in there that could really that you could that you can understand somebody that's not creepy somebody doesn't show up at a you know somebody that if you were to show up at the high school you would think it was more endearing and more cute as opposed to creepy with this kid you know it's just I'm not a fan of him. I don't like him. I think it's it's a combination of the actor character, um, but I feel like a better child actor would have done a better job in this role. So he's for sure the Muy Mall Award recipient. Jonah Bobo, congratulations. You suck. Uh, <laughs> I can say that now. He's probably like what? He's that was 2011, 10 years. He's an adult by now. He def- he should know he sucks. You know. Good thing he never. Okay, I'm, I'll stop going on my Jonah Bobo rant. Sorry, Jonah. Uh, greatest heat check number three. There's no other option here than Marissa Tomei. She's amazing. I talked about that scene a little bit earlier. Uh, she just she's on 11 out of 10. She's just killing it. She's throwing out assholes left and right, metaphorically speaking, of course. Uh, well, not metaphorically. I guess it's physical, but they're not physical assholes. They're more the word asshole that's being hurled left and right, and it's great. Uh, she's just unhinged. It's that thing she does with her mouth, but she goes, 
where she like licks her lips. That was like really funny. But like she kills that scene. She absolutely destroys it. And uh, it's when Steve Carell calls her. Oh, she's she when he says uh, she's an alcoholic, and then she just like starts yelling and like screaming. That was like the cherry on top, and I loved it. So she's definitely the greatest heat check. So number four, the recasting couch. Okay, recasting couch could have gone to a few different people. So of course I got to start off with Jonah Bobo. I don't like him. I want Liam James in that role from 2011. So the reason why I don't know if you know who Liam James is. I've talked about the movie The Way Way Back before, which starred Steve Carell and it starred uh, uh, Sam Rockwell, who's one of my favorite actors, and I think that's why I've talked about it on this channel before. Um, the main kid's name was Liam James, right? And, this, and that movie happened in 2013. I think he's a lot more likable of a character. Plus, it would have been interesting to see him have a father-son dynamic with Steve Carell, which is a good one in this movie, and then have what he had in The Way Way Back, which was a negative father and step, uh, excuse me, stepfather and uh, son uh, uh, relationship in The Way Way Back. So I thought that juxtaposition would have been fun, and I love The Way Way Back. And I thought he was good enough for the role. I just would rather have anybody but Jonah Bobo in this role. I think Liam James would have been fine. And then the other option to have for the recasting couch, I just don't like Julianne Moore. I don't like her in anything she's in. I don't think she's a very good actress. I don't think that she looks good on screen. I'm not a fan of hers. I would have rather they had three people to play this role. Sandra Bullock, Annette Bening, or Laura Linney. And thinking more and more about it, especially because I'm a big fan of Ozark, I think Laura Linney would have killed it in this role. She's she's funny enough. She's she's a she's good looking enough. You can believe that you know she's got that that housewife thing a little bit down. You know from her days in the Truman Show. I think that she would have been very good in this role. So that that was for me. That'd be the recasting couch nominees. All right, we got our next category is best quote. I've said a couple of the quotes. This movie doesn't have a lot of really good good like. You know, poignant quotes. It doesn't have anything like the social network or movies like that, but it's got some funny quotes. You might know, one of the one of the good ones is Cal, be better than the gap. That's a good quote. The other one is uh get the straw out of your mouth. It looks like you're sucking on a tiny schwanz. That's one of my favorites. That's like everything that that Jacob Palmer says to Cal during that 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 uh that little, you know, in that scene that when he becomes a ladies' man, all those little things are good jabs. They're really good, like little quippy lines that Ryan Gosling delivers perfectly, right? That's good stuff. Like, I absolutely love that stuff. Um, another good quote is just Marissa Tomei, very simple. She says, asshole. That's a good one. And then uh, the other, the other, another good one that Ryan Gosling says to him is, uh, the skin under your eyes is starting to look like Hugh Hefner's ball sack. <laughs> that shit's really good. Like, that's really funny. And then Cal's looking at it, he's like, Oh God, it does. And he's like looking at himself in the mirror. Um, but for me, the one that I say most often is Cal, be better than the gap. And then he slaps him on the face and Cal's like, stop doing that. So that's my, that's my pick for best quote. Number six, facts on production. So I'm going to be looking at the screen a little bit here. So that way I, it was a lot to write. So I wanted to make sure that I got a lot of it down. So there's some really cool things here that we'll talk about. First one. Emma Stone is only three days older than Annalie Timpton. However, her character Hannah is approximately 25, is seven to eight years older than Annalie Timpton, Jessica's character, who's 17. So that's kind of interesting. Um, she definitely looks young, Annalie Tipton. Uh, but, um, yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. The, the name David Lindhagen is said 19 times in the film. 
Robbie's class is studying the Scarlet Letter. The novel is based off is is the basis for Emma Stone's uh, movie Easy A, which came out in 2010. So there was like a little bit of you know the Scarlet Letter in back to back movies in Easy A and in Crazy Stupid Love. So that was funny. Um, was a couple other good ones. Um, oh. When Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell discuss getting Mr. Miyagi, Gosling grabs Carell's nose and squeezes playfully, saying, Honk is a reference to Karate Kid Part 2, where Miyagi honked the nose of an opponent instead of striking him. That was when he did that to Kreese, and that was actually ad lib. That was not part of the script. So uh, it's a deep cut by Ryan Gosling there, you know, obviously, obvious film fan. Uh, obvious film fan. So it's pretty cool. Um, this was the feature film debut of Josh Groban, you know. You raise me up. I'm not gonna sing. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. So, uh, um, other than that, there's not a ton. The one thing that I did like, and I wish that they probably would have done this. I'm not sure if the movie would have sold better or sold less. Sorry, I think I burped. Steve Carell has said that he hates the title of the film, stating that he couldn't imagine a group of college guys saying five tickets to Crazy Stupid Love, please. One of the working titles Carell preferred was The Wingman, which he felt was a boring title, but more accurately describe the film's plot. It's true. Crazy Stupid Love, I don't think, is the greatest title for this movie because it's not all about love. It's more about trying to figure out who you are in this world. And I don't think that necessarily is is tied. Maybe The Wingman, I don't think, is a very good title either. But, you know, it's it's better. I think it's better than Crazy Stupid Love. I think that that would have been a better title because the main point of the movie is that Steve Carell was trying to better himself as a man and you know get over things and and and, and you know move on. So I, I'm not sure if that would have worked either, but it, it's an idea. All right. So the last category is who won the movie. This is pretty simple. Okay. Normally I would give a bunch of different guys or, or women and or I would talk about the director more and I would say you know good things about them, why they have the potential to win this award, which is very prestigious in Camcast lore. Let's be real. Um, I should probably go back and start doing a, a list of all the, you know, who won the movie awards for the Camcast channel. I probably will. Or if you want to do that for me, if you're one of the listeners out there that wants to do that for me, go ahead. I'll post it. Uh, I'll, I'll post that on my Instagram. We'll keep that list going. So we'll go ahead and do that. Um, but come on, guys. Ryan Gosling wins this movie. This movie is not the same without Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling is the heartbeat of this movie. He's the first person we see have an interaction uh, with Emma Stone's character. He's the first person we see try to help Cal out of his out of his uh you know out, out of the despair that he's in. He's he comes across as a really good guy throughout the movie even though he is a womanizer. It seems like a guy you'd want to hang out with, you know, obviously Ryan Gosling ladies love him, men want to be him. He's just that guy. He is so smooth in everything that he does. It's it's the way he talks, it's his mannerisms, it's the amazing suits that he wears. It's the cheesy dirty dancing thing that he does to try to get women to sleep with him. Ryan Gosling's amazing in this movie, and he's been amazing in a lot of movies forever. You know, La La Land, he's good. Blade Runner 2049, he's good. The Nice Guys, which is a movie with Russell Crowe, which is like 60s cop thriller, which is great. I don't know if you guys have seen that. You need to watch The Nice Guys. Great movie. Um, but no, this is Ryan Gosling's movie. This movie is not the same without him. It's like Will Smith and Hitch, not nearly as good. There are some movies that need that that one person to, to ground it to make it a better film. Ryan Gosling, if anybody else is playing the, the Jacob Palmer part, it's not going to be as good. He has to have a certain level of suave and sophistication. And you got to believe he's kind of, you got to believe he's a little weird and he's a little silly. 
And that's part of what makes Ryan Gosling perfect for this role and perfect for this movie. Um, but overall, you guys, I love this movie. I'm going to continue watching it over and over and over again because I just, I'm a creature of habit and I love watching the same shit over and over again. Um, but it's just one of those movies that I enjoy watching, except for those last 15 minutes when they have that speech. But um, if you like this movie, if you think that I missed anything, please comment down on the YouTube or message me on Instagram. That's cam.cast, K-A-M.K-A-S-T. Yes, I spell it out. I spell it out every single goddamn time. Uh, if you like what you heard here, please like, share, subscribe to podcasts. Like and share on Instagram. Make sure you're, you're, you're sharing everywhere that you possibly can, you guys. I really appreciate it. Of course, the sticker promo is still going on. If you want some free merch, you know, I'm going to start ordering, start designing my second batch of stickers here pretty soon. Either stickers or something else. We'll see what I can get a good deal on. I'll do it that way. But I appreciate the continued support from all of you out there. Uh, I love doing this. This This is a nice little hobby of mine. And I'm just excited to see where it could potentially go. Uh, once we get the, the number of listeners and everything that I really think that the channel deserves and stay on, on the state, stay active on the, the, the social media and the YouTube channels. I'll be posting stuff. I'll be posting memes on the, uh, the Instagram often. I have a couple of collabs that I'm trying to plan right now. So those will be fun. Those are the few times I've done the collabs. Those are really good time for me. I really enjoy them. I like to get into, you know, other people's voices on here. Um, so you're just not stuck talking, you know, or listening to me and hearing me talk. And I'm sure I get annoying. I get annoyed by myself. Sometimes I talk so goddamn much, but, uh, I can, I appreciate all the continued love and, and support from you guys out there. And as always, you guys, peace and love. Thanks.